Hello, and welcome to the show. Hey, that rhymes. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I am not your host, Frank Zafiro. I am the co-host, Christy Zafiro. <laughs> I guess not technically, that's not true. So, it could um, be if you want it to be. <laughs> yeah. I uh, decided to come hang out with Frank today and say hey to y'all. So, hey y'all. And we are going to be talking to a super reader, Connie Irvine from Ontario, Canada. And the reason we're talking to her is just because she reads a ton and she's exactly the kind of reader that I think every writer, especially uh, lesser known writers like myself, are trying to reach. Uh, and she had some very interesting things to say when we spoke to her, and I'm pretty excited to share that with the with all of you. I'm excited to meet a super reader. <laughs> that well, I was the only one. <laughs> well, you're my number one, so that won't change. Good answer. Uh, but before we get to uh, Connie, I do want to remind you that uh, Wrong Place, Right Crime is proudly sponsored by... Down and Out Books. And Down and Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, particularly that in the darker and grittier end of the spectrum where much of my work resides. Uh, and if you want to find out more about Down and Out Books, you can go to their website at downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. What do you say, Christy? We call up Connie and have a conversation. Sounds good. So, Connie, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you very much. I'm glad that uh, you have me. So one of the reasons why we asked you to come on the show is because you like to read a lot, uh, and I want to get to that, uh, but I guess we should let people know a little bit about you. You are Canadian, right? Yes. I'm uh, an accountant, and I live in uh, just north of Toronto, Ontario, a little town, well, it's a bigger town now called Orangeville. Oh, really? And you read not just Canadian authors, you read American authors as well? Yes, yes. I would say probably most of my reading is American authors. And just so people kind of have an idea, how much would you say you read? I mean, do you read a book a day, a book a week, or is it very? It varies, but I'd say probably one book every two weeks, maybe. Okay. Maybe more, you know, on mm -hmm. off-season, but when it's tax season. It's <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of your well-known authors that are your favorites? Okay. Before, my, my well-known one would be Patterson, Michael Connolly, um, Patricia Cornwell. Mm -hmm. Those are the main ones. And I read all of them. Oh, and the Jack Reacher series. Mm -hmm. Lee Child. Lee Child, yeah. Those would be the main ones, and I would pretty much stick to those. And why was that, that you stuck with those? The reason being is I would always want to finish the book and I got sick of, you know, just forcing myself to read. So they were easier reads. I knew the characters. I knew what I was basically getting. Mm -hmm. That's the main reason. Like you, you started and yeah. you found one you liked and then you could stick with it and know what you were going to get. Yeah, because I hated forcing myself to, like, I'd, I'd feel, feel the need to finish it. And sometimes it would just, you know, just be grueling. So I found myself gravitating towards the ones that I knew were kind of similar. They had a similar style sort of thing, and I could just finish them quickly. Well, and then lucky for me, you came across mm -hmm. one of my books. 
Yes, and um, how I did that was Amazon or Kindle used to offer these deals daily. So I bought a lot of books for the like lower prices. And I, you know, with the intent, I'm going to try them, I'm going to read them. And I did not read a lot of them. And I just happened upon yours. And I started, and it, it flowed easy, and that's why I stayed with it. And once I read it, then I read everything, like everything I could get my hands on of yours because I liked it. And that introduced me also to a few other authors. And you offer so much. You offered those 99 cent books with a lot of short stories and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And that introduced me to more authors. Mm-hmm. What, do you remember that um, very first book you read? I was trying to look, and I think it might have been Beneath a Weeping Sky. I didn't read them in order. I uh-huh. didn't know them in order. But I think it was with John, was it John Tower? Mm-hmm. Was it the one with the serial rapist? Yes. Yeah, that was Beneath a Weeping Sky. It's not a bad one to start with. It was, it was where I really felt like I was starting to hit my stride in that yeah, series. It's a good one. It's uh, dark, but it's definitely It is dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the most recent Frank Zafiro book that you've read? Do you do you remember? I just finished reading the Charlie three sixteen. Oh good. Oh, so good. good. I hope you enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. Well you'll be happy to know that the sequel is coming out in June and then after that the third and fourth book are coming out like two or three months in a row so by the end of next year all four books will be out that's good i follow you on facebook so the day day that you post that it's up for pre-sale i buy it you are every author's dream connie (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've read all of them like i've read the is it aeneas series oh the anya series oh yeah yeah and definitely the Bricks and cam jobs. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> Eric Beatner. Yes, Eric Beatner. The bricks and cams were really, really funny and yeah. very, very different, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are some of my favorite. And Eric Beatner cracks me up, the stuff he comes mm-hmm. up with. He just, like, uh, yeah. I mean, Frank always has cracked me up, but then uh, I started reading that series and getting to know Eric Beatner as a writer, and I just, he just is a little twisted. He's a lot <laughs> twisted. Yeah, and some of the books that you guys have written together, I have to say, I've never read anything like them. <laughs> you guys are the first authors, or you, your books that I've read, some of them were the bad guy is the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you'll find that's the case in a lot of Eric's work. I have to give him full credit uh, where when it comes to the Bricks and Cam job series, uh, mm-hmm. which was started with the backlist. He he came up with the concept of the two competing hitmen, and and then we went from there. I mean, I obviously created the the character of Bricks and and went with that, and he created Cam. But it was uh, definitely definitely the genesis of it came came from him. Have you read other books by uh, some of these writers that I've co-authored with? Yes, I've read some of Eric Beatner's books. I've read um, Lawrence Kelter's. Well, mm-hmm. I believe I believe all of them, and Colin Conway. I didn't like look it up. I can't remember exactly the books I've read. Well, and, uh, on the Eric Beatner front, do you remember the what, what what the books were about? Okay, was he the one with the car? Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, I think Rum Runners might be the one you're yeah. thinking of with the McGraw family, where the generational drivers, uh, father, son, yeah. and grandfather. Is that the one you're yeah. thinking of? Yes, and I think I read that whole series. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. You, if you like the the dark action that you read in the Bricks and Cam Job series, he wrote one recently called All the Way Down. That's pretty, pretty action packed. Okay. And I, and I think it's it might be on sale right now. I mean, I don't know if it will be by mm -hmm. the time this airs, but <laughs> I think it was on sale for 99 cents at Down Out Books. Um, so, uh, and you mentioned Lawrence Kelter. Um, he has a couple of different series. Do you remember what you read from from him? Oh, yeah, I've read a lot. You Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've read Fallen City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one that uh, uh, Larry and I wrote together. Uh, yeah, set in New York during the late 80s and early 90s during the cocaine wars, the crack cocaine wars in Washington Heights of New York. That, that again, uh, I, I benefited from a, a co-author who had a great idea and brought a great idea to the table that that that, that we then worked on. But but Larry, uh, he brought the skeleton of that story with a lot of meat on it before we ever even started. Did you write Compromise with him? No, no, I did not. Mm -hmm. I did that one, and where the truth leads. Another, another of his. Yeah, I can't, I can't tell you exactly what they're about. I'm just looking up the name, <laughs> but I've liked them. I've liked them all because I keep buying them. Yeah. Um, and you're not a... alone in not being able to remember. <laughs> I mean, yeah. especially somebody who reads, you know, as much as you do, it's, it, it's yeah. they start to kind of all blend together, you know, and... until you get a little reminder of something yeah. that was unique about that book. Yeah. You're even yeah. that way about uh, my, With my your books. books. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have like to you. ask him all the time. Wait, is that the one about you know? Because I've read all of them, and so, and then I read mm -hmm. a lot. To, you know, I read a lot of young adult stuff because I teach that age. And so, um, but yeah, I have to ask him like, oh, wait, which one is that? <laughs> You'd think his wife would know all of them. But, <laughs> well, but you do hard. once I say, oh, that's the one I wrote with uh, yeah. Colin that this happens or yeah, that's a it's hard to book. keep track. Yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> I know. That was easier a few years ago, but it see, you've really blown up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my hope because in the beginning. I would just wait for another book to come. Mm -hmm. And now they're just coming all the time. And at first I didn't, I just wanted the River series because I guess I I stick to what I know. Mm -hmm. I don't like to, you know, I stick in my comfort zone. And when you started writing all of these, with all these people and all these different ones, at first I'm like, no, no, you got to write River City. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, then, and now it's just, I'm addicted to all the little um, series, you know. Well, you are you are better than crack cocaine. I got to tell you, I'm addicted to this. This is great to hear because you you want people to feel passionate about your your work, but you also want them to follow you on whatever journey you take, you know, and where you go. And I'm especially glad that you discovered these other writers as a result of of, of reading books that I wrote with them, and then you know, moved on to, to their work. What you're doing by doing that is exactly what every writer is hoping will happen is that you, you give it a try. I would just pick the books off the bestseller and the ones that were repeat mm -hmm. writers. That's what I did. And now I've like the Colin Conway and the Eric Beatner and the Lawrence Kelter mm -hmm. are ones that I would try to buy all of them. Mm -hmm. All three of them are pretty prolific. 
They're all pretty different, too. That's interesting to me. I feel like their writing style is all pretty different. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Wilski, who I wrote the Anya series with, he, he has written mostly short stories outside of that, so it doesn't surprise me that maybe you haven't you know, found other books by him just yet. And Bonnie Paulson tends to write in different genres. Uh, the, the crime fiction that she wrote with me was kind of a departure. So those are the three that have a pretty big catalog for you to, to move to. What were some of your favorite uh, Colin Conway? Who's the one who was, um, he went into this town, there was a lawyer... Oh, shoot. What what was the side hustle about? I, th- I think you might have just read The, the Blind Trust, maybe. Uh, the side hustle was about a financial blogger that is killed, and the police are investigating that, and then his friend, who's also a financial blogger, is also investigating. So it's a little bit of an amateur sleuth going on at the same time as a procedural. No, I didn't read that. That oh. sounds good. Yeah, it's a, it's free. It's uh it's the first book in the series, so he's got it for free. So mm. you could score that one without even going to your PayPal. <laughs> I've read a lot of Eric Beatner. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot to read. Did you read his Lars and Shane series with the the hitman and the young uh and the yeah. kid? Yeah, that's hilarious, isn't it? It's really good. Mm-hmm. I do, yes. That I love that one. And so different. Mm-hmm. That's an example of the what I was talking about before, where um, the bad guy's the good guy. He's a hitman. <laughs> I, I would argue that, that you'd be hard-pressed to find an Eric Beatner book where the good guy is the good guy. <laughs> most, <laughs> most, of, most of his uh, heroes are anti-heroes, even when they're cops. <laughs> I think it's giving us a little bit insight into his psyche. <laughs> well, this is a guy who has a human skull in his, in his studies. So. Is he really? Yeah. I interviewed him for the podcast quite a while ago. He was one of my early guests, and uh, it was a great interview. We talked for like an hour and a half, and he's just a, he's such an interesting guy and, and such an uh, incredibly nice guy. I mean, uh, the amount of support he gives to other authors is just amazing. Uh, while being such a supremely talented writer himself. Yeah, he's, he really is fun yeah, to read. That's really helpful. I wouldn't have um, realized how, how, how much promotion you get by promoting other people and working with other people. When somebody's such a good writer, I mean, I, I, I'm fortunate to have written books with, you know, some very talented writers and so easy to, to promote them because they're so worthy of promotion. Plus you're friends with them and you like them as a person as well. Uh, but when their books are so good, it's just so easy to push them. Uh, I'd never feel like I would never hesitate to recommend any of their books to anyone as long as, you know, they liked that sort of book. I mean, if you like crime fiction, here you go, you know? Yeah. But even yeah. if people don't like crime fiction, I mean, it's a great opportunity to introduce it. Yeah. I am not like you, Connie, how you were talking about how you have to finish a book. Yeah, I like if I'm reading something and I'm not digging it, I have no problem putting it down. <laughs> I feel like there's too many books and not enough time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, you know, I'm kind of will try anything. And I think it's great to, to stretch yourself a little too and try new. You know, I think it's great that you have read these books that Frank has written with other people. Mm-hmm. And then like he was talking about, rather than sticking with, you know, just the author that you're familiar with, but taking those chances because it is, we take a little bit of a chance, you know, our time is precious. And so to, you know, grab onto a, a new writer that you're getting from a collaboration, um, that takes a little bit of, you know, it takes trust, you know, I mean. Yeah. 
I just felt like it was just such like a score to to find once once I finished Franks and I liked them and I kept going, then it was easy to yeah. you know try more because I always just thought, well, you know, if you don't waste your time, you got to stick with the big names and then it's just easier. Yeah, and that's. I, it's actually the complete opposite. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you said that because it's so true, you know, and, um, there's mm-hmm. so many authors out there that are not maybe as well known, you know, and, and you're not looking on the New York times bestsellers list, but are really good. I mean, better. I like realistic, you know, I like endings that surprise you with like, Oh, that's horrible, but mm. that's so great because you would never expect it. You know, that I like that type of a thing. So, yeah, I find with a lot of these, I don't know what the ending's going to be. Yeah. And in the other in books, you always know what they're going to yeah. be. Yeah. And I don't really buy Patterson books as much anymore. And the last two that I bought were completely not what I expected. So I, I don't need to buy those. I don't need to go the safe route as much anymore. And because I have a lot of different authors now. Yeah. And, okay, let me just say this. The only one that I now stay with, I still like Michael Connelly. He's great. I, have, I read every Jack, I don't know, what do you call it, Jack Reacher? Oh, Child. Lee Child I'm is Jack Reacher. You're thinking maybe Harry Bosch is the main character yeah, for Connolly, or, or the Lincoln lawyer, uh, the Mickey. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've read every Michael Connolly book, mm-hmm. except his, like, say, brand new one. But mm-hmm. the Lee Child books, I kind of haven't read the last three because they tend to be long for me, even though I like them, and, and it's more like I'll get to that now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not it's not as soon as it comes out I'm gonna read it. Yeah. If you're tr- if you try someone new, and are you to the point now where if you start reading it and you realize oh, maybe this isn't that great of a book, uh, are you able to put it aside and move to something else there, or do you still have to finish every book you read? Um, I've still been finishing them. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been safe though because for the last few years. I've read a lot of um, the Eric Beatner uh-huh. um, and your books, and then I did discover Dave Stanton. He does like Dan Reno novels. Huh? I've never I've never heard of him. But how did you discover him? Um, I'm not probably one of those free books. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I would not have taken the venture hadn't I read your books. So he's just a, he's only got about seven out, but he's always the same. So I do, I read his when he's come out. And then another one that I didn't discover through you, but because of you, is Mario Azeno. Now he's Canadian and how, and he wrote, the books he writes about are in Toronto. So they're oh. in a location I know. That's mm-hmm. why I read them. And I, I would not have read it. I would not have taken the risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have always wanted to get to it, but I would not have done it. So for those writers that are listening who yeah. would probably literally kill a close relative to have a reader like you in there. <laughs> literally kill a close relative? <laughs> because the things that you're saying about about having read my books and, the, and my friends' books who are... T- 
extremely good writers is really nice to hear and it's really what you hope for so for those writers out there who are who are listening you know what what is it that works that grabs a reader like you that gets you on board because it sounds like once you're on board that reading train it's the quality of the book that matters is it a good story is it, is it well written is it interesting and that keeps you on board for you know five books 10 books 20 books however many the person's written but what gets yeah. you on board that train is it the personal connection is it having the accessibility of a, a maybe a cheaper or free book that's first in the series you know what, what is it that works for you okay in these cases the free ones did get me in at first i would say in the last so many years that's how it got me new and then but mainly to get new i think is by co-writing with someone and doing these 99 cent books but they led through you that's that's how i got it so you get a book for free or for 99 cents and that gets you interested in the writer do you have any hesitation after that paying the full price for a book or are you still only looking for a deal no i won't buy a book when it first comes out because then it's, it's very shortly it's going to go down a few dollars mm -hmm. so it's they're usually about 12 or 13 when i buy them they don't know i don't have they don't have to be free they don't have to be even like way discounted mm -hmm. i have no problem paying I won't, you know what I mean? It's like the hardcover price. I don't pay that. Yeah. Right. To the next stage. Uh -huh. and then, you know, just a couple of dollars cheaper. Then I'll buy them. But yeah, no, I don't need them to be free at all. So you get a 99 cent book from author X and then the next book is seven ninety nine on Kindle or five ninety nine on Kindle. No problem. No problem at all. No, no. And I'll even do that next. Mm -hmm. I'll do it before free ones. I don't care about mm -hmm. that at all. It's a small price to pay. It's like going to a movie a week or something. Yeah. And when I'm, by the time I'm paying that ten or thirteen dollars, whatever, or t I know you guys have all been like less money than the microeconomies and stuff. But a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But I would still pay that price for your books for these uh, the books that I've read. I would have no problem with it because I don't like his books better than your books. Your, you, right? You've been my favorite author since the first book I read. Oh, wow. Thank you. And I'm pretty introvert, believe it or not. I'm just <laughs> doing this because of how much I like the books. Well, I really appreciate it. I think uh, there are readers out there that will appreciate knowing that they're not weird by by any standard because <laughs> other people are the same. And there are definitely writers out there that I think will find what you've had to say very interesting because mm -hmm. it's all about that connection that you're looking for as a writer you're telling a story and a story isn't really told unless it's told to someone and someone hears it and then is affected by it in in some way and and so as writers we're all looking for that connection with readers and the challenge is how do you get there you know how how it happened with you is a very good example i think for some writers to to look to in, in their own efforts yeah i guess almost when you push a book make sure it's a good one <laughs> and then once it, i think for a lot of people like to me it's one of the most important things is to find a good book um i'm an accountant so we know how boring my days can be um <laughs> so, yeah, to just it's, i need that escape and yeah. um, i would have to say once i started reading your books how i find a book is completely different than how it used to be you know what i mean I and do. I do speak with it. 
like there's a lot of authors that I'll, I'll read all of, I have read all of their books now though I have a choice some authors I did stay way too long when the series I wasn't working for me anymore yeah mm-hmm. and I I, I I buy the book anyway and I read it I don't know why because I just mm-hmm. feel because a lot of times you might find a you know that one wasn't as great but mm-hmm. but I'll still stay with it but now I have more choices that's great. Yeah. Well, Connie, I want to I want to thank you for coming on the show. I know that it was uh, uh, being an introvert that it was a great effort, and mm-hmm. I, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for reading all of my work and and even more so for reaching out to those other authors that I've worked with and and tr- giving their work a try. Uh, you really are the, the absolute epitome of the kind of reader that every writer uh, wants to to be out there. And so, uh, on behalf of all writers everywhere, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. Wow, uh, that was really cool. It's. Uh, as often as I talk to other writers and go to conferences and I'm, you know, I'm friends with many of them, uh, you don't get to talk to the, the reader like that as often. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got to feel good as an author to have her tell you that you're her favorite author. I got to I mean. admit it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But it's yeah. even cooler that like because she liked my work that she decided to try out Eric Beatner, she decided oh, yeah. to try out Colin Conway and, and these and Larry yeah. Kelter and these other writers, yeah. and that their work was then, you know, good enough, you know, to capture her her interest and uh, and I've long said with a lot of with my books and with a lot of my peers uh, that it's not a quality issue. The books are really good. It's a matter of getting eyes on that that book and if i can get you to pick up an eric beatner book you're going to be hooked if i can get you to pick up colin conway's 509 series you're going to be hooked you know if you read some larry kelter you're going to want to read more how do you get somebody to read your book though that's the real challenge today whether you're traditionally published independently published a hybrid author it doesn't matter getting eyes on the book or or, or the challenge and uh, what did you take from what she said I, well, a couple of things, of course. So she was just absolutely lovely to talk to. So nice. Um, she sounds like she's uh, even more of an avid reader than I am. And, um, and you read a ton. And she's definitely dedicated. I mean, you know, being willing to work her way through a book and not give it up even when she's feeling disappointed. Um, I thought it was great when she said she's already read all of your books. Like mm-hmm. she's basically just waiting for you to come out with another one so she can read it. And then... Um, like you said, I mean, Eric Beatner is funny. Like I was thinking when we were talking to her, I don't know why I haven't read more of his stuff, you know, because he really is hilarious. And, <laughs> and, um, you guys are, your collaborations are great because of the way you guys really play off each other. And so, you know, she got me thinking about that. It, it seems like it's a little bit of a, like it's a trust issue, which of course it always is, but with her not being willing to put something down, mm-hmm. it's more like, it's more of an investment, you know, and. Um, like you said, I think it's great that she's been willing to jump from your books and reading your collaborations to then reading Colin and, and Eric and, you know, Lawrence Kelter and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, those authors that she's now reading all of their books. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just, yeah, I tried one out, but like now she's like reading all their stuff too. And so it's great. And then, you know, that will probably eventually lead her to, it's almost like it's built 
uh, sort of like a, almost she feels like a safety net or something. Like mm-hmm. she can dive into these other things that she might not have ever thought of, you know, and she's really seems to be enjoying it, which is the best part, of course. And I think it it's indicative of what a lot of readers go through in that they are hesitant to try a writer they don't know. And particularly mm-hmm. if it's a writer, you know, that isn't published by one of the big five in New York because there's there's still a little bit of a... Of a uh, uh, tiered approach to how people see see writers, but to to feel a little braver. Hey, I tried an, an independent writer or lesser known writer, and it was really good. Yeah. And then I tried somebody else that he wrote with, and that writer was really good. And yeah. oh, now you can approach you know all of your reading that way. But how do you break that barrier? And I think she makes a great point. I mean, first off, you have to write a great book. I mean, that's that's a no duh statement, but that. I think that applies not just to how good of a book that you write, but I think the presentation has to be professional too. You can't yeah. just slap something together. But well, and just because somebody's been published on the bestsellers list does not necessarily mean it's a great book. No, I think I mean... everybody will agree that you know, yeah, that that there have been traditionally published authors who suck. No yeah. question. There's been independently published writers who suck. Right. Um, but. There's so many writers. I mean, I think of like she didn't mention some writers that use Eric Beatner as an example. She read my book with Eric Beatner because she had read my book, and then mm-hmm. so then she goes and read Eric's, Eric Beatner's book. Well, maybe that'll lead her to the podcast writer types, mm-hmm. which Eric does with Steve Lawden. And if you read yeah. S.W. Lawden's uh, Greg Salem series, uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's really good writing. And a real cool setting, uh, and and his uh, uh, his novella um, cross uh, crosswise is I mean it was nominated for an Anthony, so obviously people know it was good. Yeah. But you know, unless you're an avid mystery reader who follows the awards, you may not have heard of him. But now you may discover him through Eric, and then because you've read some of Steve's work, uh, you know that might lead you to the the. Uh, uh, to an anthology that he was in, and now you've got fourteen mm-hmm. other authors. Course, and, yeah. I mean that's just such a wonderful process, and. You always think that it is going to work instinctively. It sounds like it's going to work. But to hear from somebody that is an avid reader that it actually did work yeah. uh, gives you hope oh, you know, yeah. that you're doing the right thing by, yeah. by working and promoting other authors and, and, and keeping at it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I just really think it's a time thing for people nowadays. You know, it's easier to just look on the bestsellers list to see, Mm -hmm. just to try that out because you feel like somebody out there must like Mm -hmm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. And we don't have time. You know, we don't have time to search. We don't have time to, um, to read a lot. And then a lot of people just don't read anymore too. And so I think it's really important that, you know, you're doing the the free books and like the 99 cent books like she was talking about you know to try something new and then you want to invest that time in that mm-hmm. author when you find somebody you like yeah. like you then they're a friend it's like you know going mm-hmm. out for coffee or something it's mm-hmm. something you definitely are willing to invest your mm-hmm. time in and so it was great though it just exactly yeah. what you're talking about that progression and i think that you know you're the community itself I would want to read the people you talk about in such a positive manner, mm-hmm. you know, and most of them have been. I mean, there's only been a few that I'm like, well, I don't want to read that person because, you know, the competition piece of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we need to help lift each other up and help right. spread the word. So I was really heartened by her answer when I asked, 
you know, if you get a free book or a 99 cent book and you like it, then, you know, is it an obstacle for you to pay full price, whatever that is, five ninety nine, seven ninety nine. Shoot, she's you know. talking about twelve ninety nine. Yeah. You know? So obviously it's not an obstacle. Yeah. And, and it, it just, she talked about trust. And I think it's kind of, you know, by pricing your book in a way that makes it available as a writer, you're exhibiting some trust. Like I'm going to trust you that you're not just going to take the free book and run. If it's good, you're going to take the free book and go, Oh wow, this is good art. I'm going to then trust you as the artist that you can do it again. And I'm going to pay full price and be supportive uh, of you in a financial sense. And so that's the way it's supposed to work. That's the way that you hope it works. I think there's a bunch of us out there. And and if you're listening to this, you know who you are, who agree with me that you don't always know if it's working that way. And it was very, very nice to hear from somebody, uh, especially somebody as nice as Connie, that uh, that it does work. It is working. Yeah. So that is, uh, that's about it for this episode. I want to say uh, thank you, a uh, huge giant metric ton, because she is in Canada, um, <laughs> to Connie for coming on the show. Uh, I, I know that coming on the show was... Uh, it can be intimidating to come on something like a podcast, meeting an author who I know you don't see yourself as like any big deal, but I mean, you're her favorite author. Mm. That's a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I and can so see that. And so then being mm-hmm. worried about maybe fangirling out, you know, in front mm-hmm. of the entire nation. Yeah, the entire nation. <laughs> <laughs> it can be intimidating. And yeah. so, well, she handled herself very well. Yeah. Uh, and so thank you, Connie, once again for coming on the show. Uh, I want to say thanks to Down Out Books, for, uh, as always, for being a great sponsor. And to my special guest star. Christy, yes, <laughs> who <laughs> Christy, whose last name is not Zafiro, but she can claim it if she likes. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. It was really nice to meet Connie. Uh, next episode, we interview a uh, tremendous author, both nationally and internationally, as well as being a bit of a local celebrity uh, in my hometown of Spokane. Uh, great guy, Jess Walter. Talk about fangirling out. You're going to fanboy out with yeah, that Yeah, I, I did a little bit. I, I, I'm hoping most of it was after I hit the stop button on the recorder. And then you're like, oh my God, look, it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I did basically say that at one point. I know how much uh, you love him. You've no, talked he's about a, him for a long time. No, he's a tremendous writer and, and, uh, and a really nice guy. So that is next episode on Wrong Place, Right Crime. Till then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you. That sometimes you've got to be in the wrong place to write crime.